Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On the wine roads, a wine road trip that takes you to the four corners of the world to discover the most beautiful wine estates. Second stop, France, Bordeaux, episode four. The moment has come for me to leave the Bordeaux region and its prestigious appellations to head for the Basque Coast to Saint-Jean-de-Luz, close to the Spanish border. If Bordeaux is the capital of wine in the big southeast of France, there are still numerous appellations, more or less well-known, spreading across the Aquitaine territory. Having arrived in Saint-Jean-de-Luz, I head for a summer atmosphere at the Fort of Socoa, where Emmanuel Poimer, a young wine grower, has created the first vineyard estate on the French Basque Coast. He produces a pearl wine carrying the name of Egiategia, which in Basque language means the Atelier of Truth. Hello. Hello. You're Luna, right? Emmanuel. Come on in. Thank you. Perfect timing. Ah oui? Really? Yep. We harvested last weekend, so now the fermentation is starting. I see. It's a good opportunity to measure both the sugar content and the density, so we can see if the fermentation is going well. Can I see you? Of course. Look. Okay. What does the sugar content tell you? The degree of alcohol that the wine will have. Once fermentation stops, it's time to check the density. The more the sugar turns to alcohol, the more the density decreases. So it assures us that the fermentation is going well. So what does it say? Here, look. We're at 1,090. Is that good? That's good. It tells us there's about a 12.5 degree alcohol potential. That's good. Yeah, it's, that's good. It's good. And where are the vines? You haven't seen them yet? No. We're in Saint-Jean-de-Luz, on the Basque Coast, and the vineyard is three kilometers away on the cliff, the protected site called the Corniche. Right there on the Corniche? That's right, that's right. It must be an incredible view from up there, with the vines facing the ocean. It's very rare, the only vines on the Atlantic coast, I think. By taking the route of the Corniche de Saint-Jean-de-Luz, I discover a magnificent site where the Pyrenees plunge into the Atlantic. Emmanuel's vines stand proudly on a crest between the ocean and the mountain, an idyllic setting. From the plot situated in the conservation area, one can see the Abadia Castle of Ondai and the massifs of the Rhône, the trois Couronnes, and Mount Jezkebel. The sea is omnipresent. The vines benefit from the reflection of the sun on the ocean, a perfect setting for reintroducing wine growing in the Basque Country. This may seem like a strange question, but do the vines get salty? Well, the wind deposits a little salt on the leaves and the grapes. It gives a little touch of saline minerality, but it doesn't stop there. Because in 2007, I filed a patent for underwater vinification. Those vats you saw are for that. Once the grapes are fermented, they'll go through a champagneization process underwater. The same is for uh, sparkling wine. 
right here in the bay, with the sea as the source of energy. Stable temperature, thus thermal inertia, constant motion of the tides and currents. Plus a counter-pressure with the water weighing down on the vats. They'll be at a depth of 15 meters. 15 meters? That high tide, which means that the vats are under 2.5 bars of pressure and at a temperature of 10 to 13 degrees. Okay. And with the atmospheric pressure varying every six hours. So we think there's a sort of vortex effect that happens under the water, like in a washing machine. But the vats are impenetrable to oxygen because they're in such deep water. And do you dive down from time to time to see what's happening? Of course, we have to. I also work with specialized divers. Could I dive down with you? Sure. I'm diving tomorrow morning. I've got to see this. I'll be there in the morning. Early. Early. Good morning, Emmanuel. Good morning, Luna. How are you? I'm great. Crossing water to visit a cellar is a first for me. Even more when the cellar is emerged at 15 meters depth. Before meeting Emmanuel, I didn't imagine it possible for the ocean to serve as a vinification element. This outing under the water is also the occasion to observe the concrete vats to see if the agitation of the currents, the swell and the tides haven't modified the implantation of the cellar under the water. The configuration of this cellar is astonishing. Two big Spartan concrete blocks at the bottom of the bay. Nothing has budged. Everything has stayed intact. Good news for its owner. <laughs> My stay in the Basque Country is coming to an end. I go to find Emmanuel at sunset at his friends, who are restaurant owners and who gave them their confidence the moment he settled in the region. An occasion for finally tasting the famous Egya Tegya. Well, nice, lightly bubbly, fresh. My aim is to make wines that pair well with what we eat here. Okay. See, it's always a bit of everything. Like ham along with fish, a bit of everything. I look for a salty aromatic profile with notes of lemon and citrus fruit. I really want to thank you, Emmanuel, because between the corniche yesterday and the dive this morning, I had a great stay here in Saint-Jean. Here's to you. And thank you. Thank you. my wine route in the big southwest of France, I wanted to discover the Pyrenees with their mountains and way of life. In Peitoy in Bigorre, at the foot of Pic du Midi, I meet up with shepherds who perpetuate the art of entertaining and conviviality. Near these mountains is produced a wine which is very dark and strong, appreciated by the Pyrenees, Maderon. Hi. Hi. How are you? Fine, and you? Shall we take the trail? Yes, we'll take the sheep trail. Onwards. Far from the Bordeaux chateaus, far from the Basque coast and its underwater vinification, I help my new friends at the Ferme des Cascades bring in the sheep. Yes, yes, 
Yes, you want to cuddle. Right, Luna. Oh, everything's all ready. Thank you. Have some cheese before you leave. Oh, wow. All these cheeses. All of these cheeses are made at Cascades Farm. Small, fresh, with herbs, goat cheese, soft cheese, semi-soft, the pyramids. And here's a surprise for you. Look, it oozes out. What is it? Pyrenees fondue, goat and cow's milk. Wow. And a little Madiron to go with it. Oh. It's from Aidy, a little village near Madiron. Its borders on three departments, the Gers, the Pyrenees Atlantique and the Haute-Pyrénées. Okay. This wine that's three years old, round and ready to drink, it can be kept for seven to ten years. It won't last 15 because they don't want to push the Tanat grape further. Though some monologues want to force the Tanat as far as it goes, but, well, the result is that wine growers go broke because they can't afford to keep wine 15 years, like in Bordeaux. And this is a wine that's ready to drink. Well, let's drink it. Let's drink it. Salud. Cheers. Salud. Cheers and good health to us all. Powerful stuff. This is a man's wine. I couldn't have finished my trip in France in a better way. Cheese, friends, and a lot of memories to share on a wine route. Rich in discoveries, emotions, and encounters. On the Wine Roads, from a documentary series directed by Eric Michaud, with Luna Sands and François Montagu. Sound editing, Agathe Leroux and Guillaume Suppy. And mixing, Thomas Gabriel. Music by My Music Library. And Angle, the An Interscope Production.